it's a full house tonight, and we totally got things to talk about. Fans, stay the hell in your seat. And that's just where I'm going to leave that at. But we got that, obviously, that incident right when we went off air last week. The releases, so we didn't get a chance to talk about those. So we are going to address that this week and much more for this Thanksgiving special here from the Big Go Belt Podcast. Stay tuned. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a special Thanksgiving edition of the Big O Belt Podcast for all of our American audience and everybody else. Hey, thanks for tuning tuning in to us this lovely Wednesday. Happy holidays one way or another. The whole team here, um, and certainly we got some things to talk about. But hopefully everyone's doing well, staying warm, depending on the part of the nation that you're in, (laughs) and uh, ready to throw down. Uh, But this, yeah, tonight... We, we got to go to the hottest topic right now. That is just the more and more time we give this topic, the more and more unhinged this topic is getting. And that is the incident in Brooklyn at the Raw after Survivor Series where a fan decided that he wasn't just a fan. He was actually employed by WWE. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that, right? Goldberg um, sent them. Yeah, he go- did. It's a it's a lot, and I haven't been keeping up with it totally because I figure what has come to the show and we'll talk about. It. But I do know what I saw when I was watching it, and I do know a couple of the tidbits that got thrown out there. But nonetheless, folks, you've all have heard of it by now. A fan jumped out of his seat and went to spear Seth Rollins, and if if that wasn't just it, the fans in New York was getting rowdy all night, and even after that was all done. <laughs> People went to Twitter to start cutting promos, and that's where we're at with that. So, well, I know you've been following this very close. So, wh- wh- what's what's the deal? I, do we even have a name for this guy yet? I think. Well, we have a name. I'll do. I'll, we probably don't need to name him. Yeah. His name's not, been released, name. but we're not naming him. I'm not going to name him. We don't. Do we, we, do don't we, so, so, we don't need to give this guy. So, we don't need to give him more publicity than he already has. Yeah. So, so this so, guy's had a day. His yeah, name so is he's dumbass. Not, yeah, he's not being protected here. You're just saying we're just not acknowledging him, giving him more publicity, right? Oh, right. so he's not yeah. part right. of the, the bloodline now. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, but but you but see that is important to to put that out there right now too, is because like that's where you start to have this tug of war battle as to what's up with this guy. You know, first thing you want to say is, all right, let's speak on the on the side of empathy. Does he have a mental disorder? Possibly, possibly, or is he just working himself into a show? Either right. way. <laughs> Either way, because we've seen both sides of this, I, I am just saying that, as y'all all have already said, I, I'm definitely not in uh, the industry 
to uh, start making stars here by giving him a, a platform that he doesn't need. So go, go ahead. Well, I won't cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of alluded to uh, some things there too, James, when we started this up that Brooklyn in and of itself was kind of out of control the whole weekend. And this was kind of the culmination of it on Raw. On Survivor Series, there was quite a lot of spiciness coming from Brooklyn. For whatever reason, folks wanted to target Montez Ford, and someone was all over him, giving him trouble, to the point that there's video of people in the crowd coming up to that corner, Montez jumping off the apron, having a back and forth and all this. The next night on Raw, there were signs saying Montez is doo-doo, which he apparently tweeted about today. So... There was a lot going on with Brooklyn, in addition so, to, of course, CM Punk chants, the wave going on during the ladies match. Like the worst of the fan behavior we've probably ever seen over the years. It all uh, came back this weekend for yeah, some okay. reason. I, I just I just want to throw a quick question. We all have t- uh, attended a bunch of live shows. What's the worst city y'all have ever been in? For a show. Ooh, worst city? As, 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 as a worst city for like a fan? Any sport? Yeah. yeah. Any sport? Yeah, for, for, for fans. For just sport. the crowd being crazy? Any, any sport, fans hijacking the show. Any sport. And you know we what's know crazy? Philly has a rep. Philly's got a rep for sure. I but they, have but you never had a problem with Philly. Yeah, that, that we've been, been to. In. Yeah, that you personally experienced. Yeah. The worst city that you've been into that fans completely try to hijack a, job, a, a show. And I'll tell you right now, I got a hot take, and it's, it's, it's really on par with this. And yeah. May not go over good, but it is true. Um, I, I'm just going to say, like anywhere, you know, with anywhere where, where there's free alcohol. So if, you, if any Vegas, any, no, no, well, no, I say any show that's okay. that gives you free alcohol, uh, that is a re- recipe for disaster. Okay. Um, personally, I the the bad experiences that I've had in any sporting event is usually not from fans. Just from drunk entitled assholes that you know have too much liquid courage, and now they want to pick a fight with the biggest dude in the ballpark, yeah. and 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 that stuff. And it, it's a it's a difference between you know being a, a mark and and starting a chant and being you know just a belligerent douchebag. So uh, I, I want to short answer to I your would, question. I would probably well the short answer to your question for wrestling, I would probably no, have no, to no, say it's Montreal, but it, 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 but. But to the short answer to your question, overall, uh, probably Chicago. Okay, that's that's the hot one right there. I'm surprised nobody quickly said that. Any sport, worst sports town, either to reputation or to you experiencing it. So for me, experience-wise, I can say Boston as oh. at at a mm-hmm. Red Sox Yankees game. Bias. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm a Mets fan, but yeah, I'm a Mets fan. So. I expected that from you. Absolutely expected that from you. Because I remember I wore, stupidly, I wore my Mets jacket. And, yeah, I had to throw hands with a couple of people in the, in the stands just because I you was... You were a target. <laughs> no, but, but... I was minding my drunk, business. Though? Yes, because, like, they were drunk. Well, there you go. Because I've been to Boston. I was in Boston this year. Went to three games at Fenway. Full Melts regalia down to the Sox. And mm-hmm. it was a lovely experience. Like, yo, I'm not rooting for your team. You did say that, too. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I know. I'm not rooting for your team, but I don't hate them. We agree that we hate the Yankees. Let's yes. go. Go sports. 
Yeah. Let's go sports. <laughs> go team, go sports. Exactly. Right. From, but as far as wrestling's concerned, any ECW show back in the freaking late 90s, man, that I was a part of, where the crowd basically just tried to hijack everything. And that's why you had wrestlers like, I hate to mention his name, Bully Ray, basically piss on the crowd to get them to shut the F up. Go ahead, Salas. Yeah. For me, reputation is Oakland fans. And I know they're mm. not in Oakland mm. no more for Las Vegas, mm. but you know, Oakland's Raiders. reputation, I never you see, experienced you see what he did that. there. You see but, what he did there, Oakland fan? Ra- Raider Nation, you see what he did there. Just Oakland say. fans, they're not part of Oakland Raiders now. It's Oakland fans. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> Oakland for wrestling too. Go ahead, Salas. But but then also for sports venue, for me, it was actually Phillies fans. When I went to <laughs> Orioles versus Phillies game, they were definitely hijacked. Of course, alcohol was involved. But for a wrestling event, that's hard for me to pick because I haven't been or experienced a high. Oh yes, you have. Re- Where? Oh yes, you have. You have. It's. It's. It, you don't remember people when uh, we went to Texas uh, for um, the Rumble? Was it the Rumble when Ronda Rousey debuted? Yeah. And they went nuts with the yes. When no, when she popped the, out, that was in Philly. When she came out the end, that no, was it wasn't Philly. Philly. It was down in Texas, I believe it was, and they went crazy with the beach balls. Like it was ridiculous. Oh, was- they did go with the beach balls. I do remember that, but I was more yeah. laughing instead of like thinking it was, you know, crazy. But I thought it was funny. The the OG wheel. I want to hear this one. I mean, the closest I'm thinking is like Damien. I'm thinking of those old ECW crowds who were just kind of nuts. You could kind of probably bring that a bit more recent with like <laughs> your super indie smart mark crowds but usually for the most part they're being catered to by the product they're getting i mean the thing we're getting at here is there's an entitlement with these fans i can't wait to talk there Mm. is an entitlement that they want to be heard and they want things their way or else and that's where this problem is coming from we got some entitled folks watching these shows that if it ain't their way it ain't right and for some reason in brooklyn this week folks were out of their seats looking to get into this and make it a thing at survivor series and at raw hold on jamal thank you will for the good segue here because that's exactly the point i needed to make i have seen some fantastic wrestling down in florida fantastic (laughs) i mean the best bang for your buck but you can't tell me, unless you've been down there, that the full sale crowd do not try to make that. that show about them. Literally mm-hmm. to the point that if anything doesn't go their right their way, it's a problem. When people go down there recording this stuff, it's like, oh, I can't believe I've been treated this way. Well, well why not? <laughs> you did something you wasn't <laughs> supposed to be doing. But, and then we know, again, when you go down there, it's all about who sits where uh, should we almost call it product placement <laughs> in certain yep. aspects? And like they legitimately make that show about them. Now, yes, you can interpret it of it being hot, but it's one thing for being hot, and then it's one thing for saying, like, well, this is truly about us. Like, we do this, we got certain assignments, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So when it becomes just- about but it becomes about directing the product and thinking you have a sway over it and shaping it. That's where it gets weird, and that's yes. what we're seeing. So, are we calling this fandemonium? Is what we were talking about before we went <laughs> on the air. We called it, yes. Fandemonium is go. the topic. <laughs> we'll throw that in there. But uh, oh my god, I, I think Jamal well, I think it was, what, what 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 the hell happened in Brooklyn this week that this came back? Because we've seen this behavior before. But what yeah. is the what is this? Why did the stars align in Brooklyn? 
at this weekend. I, that this Our place has always Mad. been an odd now, venue. No, but that's uh, not ahead, true Jamal, because we've seen some of the best takeovers in Brooklyn, and it's been fantastic. It was never because, like this. Because the action outdid the actual crowd. I mean, so we've seen Raws Raws where the beach ball made its appearance. Remember, and Cesaro said F this and broke the ball. So tore it up. Tore it up. Remember the first takeover Brooklyn and they wanted everybody to get quiet so that Triple H could make his big, you know, exposition in the middle of the ring. And as soon as they asked for quiet on the set in Barclay Center, somebody yells out Chris Benoit as loud as they possibly could. Already, I want to slap him. <laughs> so I don't know if that made air, but there was a collective <laughs> groan, um, you know, seconds before Triple H started to speak. So, you know, there's going to be that, you know, rotten apple in the bunch. Uh, with that said, though, I think that there is a difference between a place where you may not feel physically safe. There's an inherent uh, relationship to your quality of safety yeah. and mm-hmm. just somebody physically doing something that is disturbing the aura of the show. And I think that if a person comes in there with something that you don't like, well, that's a, that's a you problem. Like if I'm a huge mark for somebody and somebody comes in there with another person's t-shirt and we get into it, that's a you problem. You should not not have worn a Yankees shirt to Fenway park. You don't wear uh, a a Washington. Don't wear, don't wear Ravens, a Ravens Jersey in Pittsburgh. You're asking for trouble. Mm. Don't wear Cleveland stuff or anywhere else in Ohio, but Cleveland. So, and, and that's and that's with any sport. That's but with any sport. To, 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 to your point real quick, too, just reminded me, Sellers, when we were down in Texas, do you also remember the other incident that happened? You had these fans who said, I'm not sitting down for nobody. And they stood mm-hmm. up two matches. They just stood up. And people were just like, what are y'all doing? And it was like, we're not, we're not sitting. We're not sitting. And was, that, was that Texas or that New Orleans? I think that it might have been New Orleans. New Orleans. It was New Orleans. You're right, yeah. right, right. Um, see, we pick the same angles every time. That's what it is. Right, right. I, keep, I keep thinking about the vantage point, right? There. Exactly, exactly. But, but it, it, to Jamal's point, like, yeah, you don't get the same, the wrestling beef with, with, with a tire there, but you do get those fans that will absolutely say, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to try to make a scene. And that mm-hmm. was the case that we dealt with where you had these fans that's like, I'm just not sitting down. I'm just like, What's the point? Like, what what are you trying to gain here? Security yeah, telling all once, about them. All security about telling them. once, and then security come back again. Then you're out of there, and then they throw a fit, and then they get on Twitter and talk about I was treated badly. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that that's where the entitlement comes in, where people think that they're treated by like they the Taliban because uh, you know they were asked to sit their dumbasses down. Um, that happened at full gear. Uh, I was at you know in my section enjoying the show, and then I hear yo. Sit your fat ass down. And the person that's, that says it is this big, hawking white guy uh, in, in sting makeup. Actually, pretty well done sting makeup. And the and he, he's yelling at this big, you know, equally big black guy who's, like, trying to record video on his phone of the match. And he's literally standing in the aisle. And there are, you know, people that are like, well, I can't see. And he's like, well, I, I don't care. And, and, it, and it turned out to be a thing. And luckily, cooler heads prevailed. But the bottom line is, is that, like, you know, a little courtesy goes a long way. And I think that the entitlement issue is a different thing where you go in and you get so enthused and so wrapped up in the moment uh, in the show that you feel that you're becoming the show. You know, if you 
wear a shirt that says it's over nine thousand. You're not a fucking super saiyan. Gotcha. Stop it. <laughs> you know that, that's not that's De- not how that works. De- definitely not true. It's definitely how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get on YouTube and try to go super saiyan three in a like ten. And you go viral. So you yeah. go viral for about a year. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this, but but to be fair though, what we're talking about is unfortunately normal and unfortunately something that can be is in the realm of fandom there's just going yes. because people humanity is a spectrum there's going to be the large majority 85 to 90 percent of the crowd that are like-minded and, and 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 thoughtful and want to enjoy the show together and share that camaraderie there's going to be the five percent of the on the top that really you know is like super into it hardcore and the five percent of the bottom that's literally there for on a date or a chaperone and they couldn't give a shit what happens Unfortunately, for that top five percent that feels that they're entitled to the show, that they that they are Tony Khan's cousin, all of a sudden, um, no, sit your ass down somewhere. That that's not how that works. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're talking about with this guy, uh, this twenty four year old of, of Brooklyn. He was twenty four. Oh yeah, like he's thirty four. Holy. Well, crap. I mean, he's had an interesting couple of years. Uh, the pandemic mm. was not kind to him, but uh, this twenty four year old, uh, this didn't come out of nowhere. And the story goes is that he interacted with somebody that he thought was Seth Rollins. Um, and he was exchanging messages with him. Cat, catfish. Online. He was and, catfish. He and was the hook catfish. was laid. And the oh. catfish was caught. And uh, there, I've seen pictures of this guy sharing Amazon uh, gift card barcodes and stuff like that. So mm. this guy got fleeced for thousands of dollars oh. uh, by this catfish. And then with when... Rollins kept asking for money. He's like, dude, I'm I'm literally broke. Ghosted him. So oh. so dude's pissed. Oh, this that is lit a, the fuse. Oh, that wait. lit the fuse. Hold on, hold on. We we may have to change the title to the show now. This is getting I can hear this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this, this is <laughs> so 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 long and short of it is, is that dude mess on it. <laughs> and then he starts to uh tweet at Becky Lynch, your husband's a dead, you know paraphrasing don't quote me on this i'm gonna fuck him up because of all this and that that happens becky lynch blocks him because the fuck are you talking about yeah um and he you know basically this thing escalates and the pandemic happens of course and then the thunderdome gets built and now it's a year oh but he ain't forget and here we are uh almost two something years later in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and the opportunity presents itself and the guy takes it and he bum rushed seth rollins and to Rollins' credit, puts him in a nice little front face lock, sits down on him, guillotine choke, textbook, not mad at that. Um, and then uh, security uh, comes in, ushers him out, NYPD gets involved, ushers him out, and the dude gets released uh, this morning and uh, cuts a, a blistering promo. Hey, I give the devil his due. Cuts actually a pretty damn good promo about how um, you know he did what he had to do uh, for the bloodline. And he said he did it. You know, Goldberg uh, hired him. And and then again, this is me paraphrasing his words this morning. Goldberg hired him. Uh, Vince McMahon, he told Vince to let, let him know that Rollins was coming because he knew that they got beef. And Vince was like, all right, blood, I respect it. And he did what he did at the show, got out this morning from the police station. And then that's, 
you know, where, where it it's goes. an ongoing story. It so is an ongoing story. This is an ongoing story. Now, the charge for There's... that, because people have been charged before with bum rush in the ring, uh, he's probably going to get an assault charge. He's probably going to get like a disturbing uh, a sporting event charge, you know, uh, something like that. Um, hell of a fine in a, in a couple years in jail, maybe. Um, that's been kind of the average, but um, but the bottom line is is that it ain't worth it now. Yeah, that, that shit ain't that shit is on your record forever. So you know you're 24, get a job, man. You know just just go to work. You know <laughs> get, just, get some help. <laughs> we need to, that's the number one. Some, get some help. Yes. Bro. Well, get, some get help. in here because man, this guy is there well, are here's, layers. Here's the thing. And, and this is the question that I want to ask, ask Damien. Um, at what point does the line? Is, do you cross over that line from like, you know, reasonable suspicion to criminally insane? Because this started out, now I don't want to say innocuous, he got catfished. And, and, and part of the trick is believing the lie. So I don't blame him for believing the lie. That's the point of it. But unfortunately, that action led him to these events, which have led him to spend a night in jail and a future court case. So is it that he's already disturbed and all all of the armchair psychologists are coming out and pegging this guy as a Batman villain? Or is he just the victim of a, a psycho, the psychological torment that is catfishing that brought him down this road? I can't call him crazy yet. I'm not going to sit here and call him crazy. What I'm going to do is say that the catfish event tells me a lot about his mental makeup where he never once thought, why is a multi-million dollar athlete asking me for money? So we're talking about living in fantasy world sometimes and and how it's it's still real to them. We make that joke. But right there for me, as someone who's done psychological evaluations on people, where he didn't once think, am I really talking to Seth Rollins or am I re or am I just like living out of fantasy to quote, you know, what we've been talking about. He was living the fantasy, sure. He probably thought maybe 5-10% that that really was Seth Rollins and he really was his friend and he held on to it. What set it over the line was the calculated planning mm-hmm. of taking revenge, mm-hmm. vengeance upon Seth Rollins because he had been planning this since he got catfished and ghosted. The line is there. The fact that yeah. it's premeditated, That's the fact that he, yeah, he, the dis- dissociative personality disorder potentially he displayed just now, that's up there. If I was the dude interviewing him clinically, I would just basically just start with the, what compelled you? What started mm. this? Right. So, so I don't want to get too deep in the weeds for everybody. I don't want to bore the audience here, but just before I, I, I roast this dude on Twitter I'm going to look at it from a human perspective first and say, this gentleman is clearly in need of help. Now, if he turns around, even though he's in clearly of need of help and turns this into a wait, catch me outside 15 minutes of fame bit. That's a different story because now you're steering into the skid of like, I'm going to use my mental illness to profit. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. And that's where I'm kind of like, hold up. At what point now are you just milking this as opposed to actually needing help? Well, that's why I say that I wouldn't use the, and again, as a layman, I wouldn't use the phrase mentally ill. I think that because he was tricked, 
because he uh, is the victim of, and you know, let's not forget to lose sight of that. He is the victim of this catfishing scheme. Of yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to ask. Yeah, where, yeah. Has, 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 has anything came out about the person on the other end of this now? Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, oh, he traded but, Amazon gift cards. The dude is long gone. And also that happened two years ago. But, so, but if this guy is as calculated as he seems right now, I'm sure he has some receipts somewhere of saying, I got a number. I got something of a weird address. Like, do you, do you, Here, here's why I don't think he's that now, calculated. He's posting the messages. So those exist. Right. We know that much. He still has they all exist. that. Well, two years here's of messages. That's a start. Here's why I don't think it's overly calculated where he's keeping receipts, quote unquote, right. is because he willingly kept throwing money at a fake mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. So right. if you're swept up in the, ooh, I'm supporting a wrestler, ooh, you're not going to keep receipts. You're going to be living off that high. So for him to be doing that consistently, and I'm going to throw a name out. It's not wrestling related. It's, it's sports related. Do you does anyone remember Manti Teo from Notre Dame that had a big girlfriend? Oh, yes, and he got catfished. And allegedly, he was irate, he wanted to press criminal charges on the person that was catfishing him to the point where it affected his mental capacity the rest of that year. Never was the same, and he was never the same because he was one of the most elite defensive players in the country. It destroyed him. So, I'm not going to say that this dude is going through a Manti Teo situation. But it seems eerily similar in the fact that, to Jamal's point, I got hurt. I was destroyed. Ever seen the movie Falling Down? Sometimes all it takes Mm -hmm. is a feather on the weight for it to be the last straw, and you just go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Don't go with him, Um, Burger King. It's going to be a bad time. It's going to be a bad time. So, so one, like, all jokes aside, like... When I heard you he from New York, I was like, well, I did hear like New York beefs do be like this. Like people don't let things go out there. And I, they I'm don't. This, this they is don't not a case, I mean, that's the definition of one site. Okay. No, yeah, this, is, this is the same building where the guy jumped in the ring and uh, went after Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame. That Indeed. happened in Barclays too. This is the mm-hmm. same, and yeah, the guy even came in the same way. People were posting that today. They both times came in from that right side of the stage. So WWE to get some damn security on that that's corner where, when they're in Barclays. <laughs> when we jump to that point, that's where my problem is. Uh, this yeah. is where the hell was clear. security? That but, dude got a run and start all the way up correct, in there. Correct. So was there really unhindered? So was there anything else about this event that we're, 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 we're skipping right now that we, we, we haven't covered in, in terms of what happened? And, and just in case anybody hasn't, you, you haven't seen the, the videos, it's completely viral. They're all there. He he went and speared Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins put him in a headlock. Um, they showed him being exited out. There's videos of him cutting promos and whatnot. Um, and this happened on air as well that's how initially everybody was uh, alert that something had happened because when Zeph Rollins was leaving uh a match uh with Finn Balor he was attacked and yeah it was it was what's yeah. beef and, and, and one thing when I, I see you guaranteed to be I see you like he yeah, went he went one thing it. that we're not mentioning is uh good on Seth Rollins because this was obviously on air uh right after his match um you know he cuts a promo WWE cuts away from it live and goes to the replays of the match with Finn Balor. Balor's mm-hmm. still selling in the ring, not knowing what's going on. Um, Rollins, luckily, was you know relatively unscathed and obviously had just worked the match too. Uh, and then gets out and still in character, uh, you know, does his thing while he's you know walking out to the ring. So good on Rollins for being a professional because you know, I've seen, of course, now that 
the fan running into the ring is the topic of discussion for today. Uh, people are posting videos from wrestling beating the absolute piss out of everybody that's mm-hmm. ever tried to jump into the ring. And I don't think that that's, that's the way to go. Um, you know, you can, you can uh, subdue them. You can, you can detain them. You know, if you're more than likely, you got a size advantage on them. You're Triple H, you're Seth Rollins, you're, you know, Batista, you know, and even if not, you're Daniel Bryan, you're, you're a trained athlete. And most of the times they're not. Um, yeah. Same thing in AEW when that dumbass jumped into the ring um, to try to attack MJF on Jericho's behalf uh, mm-hmm. recently. Right. Um, like, no, nah, we're not talking about like Adonis is running to the ring. Uh, and, and, and even even if they were still, you know, just sit your dumbass down. It ain't worth it. So yeah. I, I think that whether or not this guy needs psychological help or whether or not this guy was, you know, who is actually that's the one thing we do know. He is the victim of a catfishing scheme, yes. and that's unfortunate. Uh, Twenty-four years old, you know, coming up, coming off any type of money unnecessarily is is a bad time. Um, and and also, it's not just the catfish; it's the ghosting too. You are riding this wave, and that's why I don't think he's keeping receipts. I think he's keeping trophies. He's like, yo, I literally talked to Seth Rollins, and when he goes to school or to work or to whatever on the bus, hey, Mister Bus Driver, fucking Seth Rollins just texted me. Yeah. You know, I think and, and listen, listen, that is not anything with his mental being. That's exactly. a wrestling that's, trope right there. That's, that's a that, fan. That's, yeah. 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 That, that's, that's a fan. That's a fan. And I don't think totally. that, like, and I felt the same way when I was able to, like, go backstage at a concert or into the locker room in a baseball stadium or camp out on the field at a baseball stadium. I love baseball. But, you know, that's how I felt, like, it pisses me off when I'm in another country and I see a Yankees hat on and it shouldn't. And that's irrational. But the difference between me, normal guy that's not going to jail. And this guy is that I'm not going to stab somebody over wearing a hat. Right. Right. And, that, and that's the, not going to act kind of, on it. Yeah. That's kind of the difference. But then again, I've also never been catfish. I never had my emotions manipulated and played with and then ghosted, uh, you know, in such a way, I, I think, you know, for, it's reasonable to suspect that anybody that was once stable to be fucked with that royally could become unstable. Yes. Yeah. Let's um let's let's go to our commercial because regardless of uh of, of of all the good conversation going on here, we still gotta pay some bills. Let's hit that. Um and then we'll wrap this up if we got any more to add. But if not, then we'll we'll go on to our next topic. So we'll be back in a moment, folks. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all of that hectic holiday shopping traffic. Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business tends to send more mail and packages out during the holiday season. Now, whether you're selling online, running an office, or even a side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. You'll have access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you'll ever need without taking the trip. And you'll get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off of USPS rates, as well as 76% off of UPS. Now, going to the post office instead of stamps.com is sort of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple of floors, sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, you could use a break. So if you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a real lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, because that's important, 
you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with our promo code POD, P-O-D, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts necessary. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code P-O-D, POD. Again, Stamps.com, code POD for your discount. All right, welcome back to the second half tonight of the Big Gold Belt podcast. Um, yes, yeah, as, as we spent the entire first half of this episode talking about the shenanigans in uh, New York uh, with uh, fans wanting to be uh, employed by WWE um, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but on the opposite end, as I said that uh, at the conclusion of last week's episode, immediately when we got off air, it was broke by Fightful that more releases had arrived. Um, and this time, I I, I I keep wanting to say, I hope this is the last time, but who knows at this you point? Never know. Nope, you just never be. know. Uh, so, be. yeah, it's, it's hard to even kind of set some type of like algorithm or like some type of analytics to it it's just right now it just doesn't it's it's really no telling i mean folks are saying this is the last of the triple h era of folks that were signed to nxt but even that's not entirely true so i i don't know i don't know i mean what the 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 last time before that seemed to be who were against being vaccinated now it just who knows who really 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 knows but um do anybody have the list of folks here uh because i just want to quickly just touch up on that um and and then uh just our quick remarks to it and i know you know we had already lost bfab um from hit row which was a kind of a kind of a the week prior (laughs) right yeah kind of a shock because like they just got called up to smackdown i think i got the list and could they operate without her? How would that look? You know, they were a unit the entire time. They had caught buzz the entire time. They got drafted together. Um, and that was that. And then now all of Hit Row has been released, uh, which is really a shock. But um, while Celis while is looking for the list, let me I just got it. real quick about Hit Row. I knew it right when they got called up i said i think on this show vince is not going to get it you did mm-hmm. there was concern it was it. definitely concerned and not even three weeks and they all got cut yep so yep, yep, yep. go ahead Sellers. so we got john morrison tegan knox drake maverick shane thorne jason Riker, top dollar shante adonis and isaiah swerve scott well i know jamal is upset about his boy Riker, so I am. Oh, <laughs> I am. Jackson, excuse me. I mean, yeah. um, that was the Nia Jax of this match. Yeah. But don't worry. I mean, there's a special place in West Virginia for you, uh, Jackson. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, I, I think the big thing is, you know, with uh, Morrison leaving, um, all of Hip Row, Hit Row going, uh, it's Antigua Knox, who I know, he's, he's the one with the knee injuries, right? She's had that rough road of like yeah. So multiple. she's had you know, she's had a, a really bad time. Uh, Drake Maverick is kind of like a guy that they Coming really goes. just didn't use. Um, Shane Thorne uh, was another one that they brought in with much fanfare, didn't use. So they're definitely uh, hit row aside because I don't expect an eighty-year-old you know uh, guy <laughs> to get a T-shirt. 
that's designed like a, the Death Row uh, logo. Um, hmm. So I don't oh, expect him to make that connection. Yeah. Uh, with that said, and then, then of course it's like, you know, the rap beef, and then you have Jinder Mahal doing a thing, and then Top Dollar doing a thing, and then people are screaming racism. If you don't understand what's happening, it's rap beef, and then you don't know what that means, you're just going to go, oh, yeah, I don't know, fuck all this, uh, because people are saying racism, and we don't need that. We don't need that right now. Mm. Um, so I can understand just not doing it. Why not let them go back to NXT? I don't get that, but you know, but they cut them, and that's what it is. Um, the one thing that I really don't get is why wait so long for Jackson Riker if you weren't going to use him? You didn't, you know, you can you just painted him sit at home anyway. Just start the clock back then. They they let him sit on the shelf for what two, three, four months. I mean, they could have you know gave him his black trash bag with a little Confederate flag on it six months ago. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's been a lot of cycles he could have been a part of before now. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so, so the thing I've been reading about Jackson Riker really quick is that someone back there really thought he was going to get over during his feud with Elias, and yeah. that he would be able yeah. to absorb his stupidity when he was part of the Forgotten Sons. And when that feud was dead on arrival, the writing was on the wall. Matter of fact, I mean, is they Elias still Elias. Yeah, about to say, is he cut? As Elias was cut, he's been, no. Elias is still there. He's, he's, still he's there. been hurt. Okay. But he's, he's still just there. Dead. Okay. He's dead. Yeah, there was, was They were doing those vignettes like they were repackaging him, but nothing. But his gimmick is gone. Rick Booth took that, so his gimmick is out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm Elias, I'd be I'd be worried about my phone right now. Yeah, he's if gonna I be see that. If I see that Connecticut area code go off on air, I definitely right. would have my the yeah. antenna would be going up. I'm like, oh, what the if hell? It says two o three. Just flip the phone over. Don't answer it. <laughs> and, then, and then you gotta feel that, bad that, for, that, for someone like Tegan Knox, who, as we said, yeah. a lot of knee, the knee injuries, the the struggle to get back. She was in a tag team with Shotzi. They were the number one contenders, at least we thought. <laughs> while Natalia never and got their match, the titles, and they never got their match. I, yep. I you Go know ahead, I got Bridget. a lot of thought about Tegan. Like I thought it should have definitely been Dakota that got called up and not her because I feel like she still has so much to do in NXT because of how much she lost with the knee injury and mm -hmm. it had been rumored. And I think it's I think it's about ninety five percent confirmed that she was going to win the May Young Classic. And the reason yes. why you can almost say it's confirmed is because Rhea Ripley came out and said I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for you, which is entirely true. Because if mm -hmm. Rhea couldn't take that moment when she went down to become a monster heel, she would have been an afterthought. She mm -hmm. would have just been just another person on there. But Tegan went down with a serious injury. Rhea played to the moment and she became a star that night. And then they had to say, well, we can't let a heel win. It was never going to be Rhea at that. So that's where Tony Storm got the, the catapult of saying, well, this is just the safe choice. Go with her. You know, what else can we do? But it's it's just, it's just unfortunate when you when you think about how the business works and how alternate realities are that Tegan had a lot of promise. There was a lot mm -hmm. of investment going with her, and it just never happened because of unfortunate knee injuries. And I think in situations like that, I think you you, you keep somebody on NXT because you're not traveling as much. You still let them work the craft. I mean, do anybody know what her gimmick is actually right now? 
And don't say anything with Captain Marvel because that's not a gimmick. She's a Kane fan. <laughs> that's the best I got. <laughs> but see, that's my problem with WWE in general, too. It's so much potential that we see as wrestling fans. And I'm not knocking anybody that's in the business knowing what they're supposed to do in developing wrestlers and things of that nature. But that's the problem with all these releases are coming on. It's so much potential. But WWE is so scared to release that potential because they want to hold on so much of what they want to control and don't let people just develop on their own. And I think back in the Attitude area or before, more chances were given for that, but it's so hold on tight where it's not a chance for that development to happen. So, oh, I don't, don't go back with Damien said, don't understand what Hit Row is, you gotta let him go. We got to go with people that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, we got some buzz coming up for Survivor Series or some buzz coming up for Royal Rumble that we got to mm-hmm. do it on our control. I, now, I, to I, speak, I, I want to jump in real quick. To speak to Hit Row, since the other, the one rumor going around that might be the whole story with Hit Row is are they a victim of Top Dollar running his mouth for the past few weeks? Lord knows we had so many episodes where we were talking about the latest from Top Dollar, from whether it was his raps, talking about the sneakers, him coming out the thing with gender. Hell, he put up that whole video after B-Fab got released that was like the next day and all this. There's a lot of talk that that, uh, Top Dollar had heat, that they weren't liking the way he was handling things, that he was so public in his statements and doing this kind of stuff that they were just like, you know what? We're washing our hands of you. And if we're washing our hands of you, we're just washing our hands of the whole thing. So that did, did top dollar do hit row in? I don't well, think that's so. the case. If that's the case, it's similar to when the forgotten sons all got cut because of Rikers. Dumb there self. you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. We mean Jamal loves Riker just to be clear. So <laughs> be, be respectful. So take so, a but see the only thing with Will's statement that I don't buy into is the inconsistencies if you don't know what it is then you can't pass judgment on it so if he's building the character the gimmick and the brand on social media which is highly condoned on my end like Mm -hmm. Becky be the first person not seen Becky on social media exactly (laughs) right that's true Seth Rollins another one I mean they're not where they're at if if they're just letting WWE do their thing you know but like yeah if you don't understand then I don't think how you can say that don't sound right let them go I I think I I don't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame top dollar I think it was just the overall like I don't know what's happening but they're getting buzzed and I can't control this so let them go and well, allegedly, there's mm-hmm. a report out there that I think on their first or second night on SmackDown, apparently a producer in the earpieces made a really rude comment toward Top Dollar that he didn't grasp. But other producers came up to him and apologized because it made like production air. So people mm-hmm. actually had to come up to him and apologize. And he still doesn't know what was said, but apparently it was a abrasive in nature and not in the good good natured way now let me let me let me add something really quick now there is nothing like hit row right now but the closest thing that i could think there is no i'm in wrestling like in in wwe or in wrestling in general no right right now in wrestling so right now promotions isn't doing no no they're not they're not rapping or nothing like that they're 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 a business they like I would say if 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 you want to compare Shane Taylor to anything, I would compare it more to uh uh, uh what's uh Bobby Lashley and them? Um, yeah, I would say the hurt, business. Business. Hurt, business. The hurt business. 
Yes. Okay. I would say it's more of that because they're more of a brand. They operate, they recruit, they do what they got to do, wherever they got to do. Hero was presented as like a record label. Yeah, there's, yes. there's, there's nothing okay. like that. Now, the closest thing that I can compare them to, and this is not even really that close, but I think it's under the same umbrella of like, what do we do with this? And this is what used to be as, uh, uh, what, what were they call A fire and flavor? Fire and flavor. With mm-hmm. Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steele. And mm-hmm. the reason why mm-hmm. I compare that is because there were two women that says, we talk, we dress, and we act the way we do. We use our own lingo, and this is what we're going to go do, and we're going to get ourselves over with that. To the point that knowing Tasha, I asked, I said, well, how the hell did you get them to buy into this? Because I know what you're saying. <laughs> I, I know this not only just because I know the culture, but because some of the stuff she's saying is 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 New York, New Jersey based. So I like I get what you're saying. And then from Kiara being from Atlanta, I know some of that as well, too. And y'all putting this together as a thing and y'all presenting it on TV. How do you how do you make this happen? And even to the point right. that Josh Matthews used to be on commentary, like, well, I I, I don't know what that means. I'm gonna I'm have to ask them. So it was a funny <laughs> it was a funny nod because I, I, I talked to Josh and he was like, yeah, I, I can't even keep up on commentary so i asked tasha he's like oh they none of them know so they always come back and ask us but they don't control it they let us do what we want to do because they don't know what it is and she said and and it's got to be public knowledge by now but she said (laughs) i signed here because i wanted to make sure what i do and what got me over and who i represent is going to be implemented (laughs) on this brand it's not going to be an adjustment as to what they want it to be yeah, that's why you still see the same Tasha Steels that you loved all this time now still on television, and it makes sense. To the point now, you start to wonder, Kira Hogan went another way, and you really don't see her anymore, do you? Because they don't know what to do with her, and she's even talking about it now, where she says she just feels like she's lost in the in the butt. So I think to, to, to make this make sense here is that there's certain gimmicks, brands, cultures, identities that other people can't put their hand into and say, I need to have mm-hmm. some input on that. Some of that, you just got to say, you know what? We signed you because we trust you. We, we, You got to this point. You created this brand from everything you've done. We just got to let it go and go and, and let it be in our, in our best faith. There you go. So yeah, I think it was just word. a case of like, a, I don't know what to do. We don't know what it is. Let it go. I can't control it. Let it go. Well, yeah. And, and given it didn't exist anywhere else before this, it's not like they could point to, well, it was done somewhere else. This is Correct. something that came out of the performance center. So Correct. yeah, maybe that's just that damn simple. They couldn't, they couldn't tame that wild horse and they that's didn't another. like the sound of that. And so it's just like, okay, we're just, you know what? Cut bait. We're done. That- that's another important thing. I wasn't even thinking about the business aspect of Can't Control It, considering that they they can actually make music with this. And if they don't own that, then every music they put out is their dollars. This is like creating revenue that WWE can't tap into. The Twitch of the worlds, the uh, cameos of the worlds, so they're just like, oh, I don't like that. Money could be going this way. And all four or three of them are artists, legitimate artists. So like... They actually could make some money. So, but- so I got to ask the question, and it's been bugging me since we started this topic with Head Row, and it just hit me again. Did we see on Survivor Series that the Street Profits were advertising pizza? Yes. Throwing pizza yes. to the crowd. Yes. Yes. Did we see pizza. for years the New Day throwing pancakes and, and breakfast foods mm-hmm. and cereal? But to be right? fair, the, F- that was F- their thing, though. It wasn't like they were sponsored by Bisquick. FYE no, was, I, the, I, no, that, FYE was with the cereal. With 
Yeah, where I'm going with it is 80-year-old white man, can I tap into a market with this urban of a group? Because if we even if we look at Bianca, her edge was a lot more prevalent in NXT. Remember? Girl, the hand claps, all that. Mm-hmm. That's been stripped down a little bit to make it more marketable for the sponsors. Could it possibly mm-hmm. be that they took a step back and said, there's no way in hell the sponsors are going to want us to put these guys on Fox. Not you. <laughs> right, they went to SmackDown. On Fox. Yeah. And it'd be okay. Yeah. Terrible. Be. Also, Terrible rationality need, right there. Terrible. This is why we need multiple voices in the decision-making room, in the boardroom. Uh, because just because one person you know doesn't understand it doesn't mean that several other people do and will get it. And right. as WWE desperately needs to get younger full yes. stop they need to get younger no, no and doubt. whatever the um whatever the next 20 years will be whatever the kids are going to be into in the, for the next 20 years who knows but the bottom line is that wwe is going to need to tap into that thing so the twitch meme weeb internet culture is is taking over that's what it is right now wwe needs to tap into that somehow and whatever that you know uh follows that they're going to need to go with that so Vince McMahon obviously is stuck in 1975, 1985, the heyday of territory wrestling and stuff like that in the shows. Uh, So he's not just out of touch. It's just that the world has passed him by and moved as as progress tends to do. So realistically, at the top, he needs a cabinet around him to translate (laughs) the culture. We laugh, but that's true. He needs yeah. he needs we, someone we, to yeah. translate it for him. Joe Biden we, has a cabinet. Man, we, we, man needs a cabinet. We understand this. All of us, Stevie Wonder can see this. The issue is that we know how these Scrooges are. I mean, let's just let's just let's just go the unpopular route here with the comparison. There was a person who was once the leader of the of the free world. Anybody who was against him was gone, wasn't they? Instantly. Instantly. Yep. You find it. Same mentality. Anybody yep. who ain't going to be a yes man, go. Yep. You, and, you, and, you, mean, and, you mean that guy that's a WWE Hall of Famer? That guy. Yes. That guy. Hey, <laughs> okay. Quite frankly, we're, we're going to we're going we're going to move to our last thing. But quite frankly, it's 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 kind of scary to think, but it also makes it seem like Triple H is also getting this tr- treatment, where it was like a I trust you, go do that. Then it was kind of like a. No, that's not happening. Well, well no, that's pl- The NXT product that Triple H created in 2014-ish is was never a WWE product. And we all but, saw that. That's all so why we liked it. And now but, that it is a WWE product, where does Triple H fit in? But could you yeah. imagine Triple H being and thinking the same way we were thinking, where he's like, Oh, we're a third brand. Oh, we're gonna compete at the big four, big five, and then you 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 hear the, the, the marcher order is coming from above saying, yeah, you're going to be part of it. There's like, no, you're not. And then it's that tug of war battle to the point is like, well, I don't know what, I don't know how to do my job. If you don't know what you want, if you're telling me one minute, I can do this. And then that's when you're saying, we're not going to do this. Like, what do I do with, with this? How, how many established calls, how many conference calls have we been on where the question was asked directly to triple H. So how do you feel about WWE poaching your talent when you need the most? Can't even and answer he, it. <laughs> and he had right. And if he didn't answer, and if he did answer, he was like, Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. 
Yeah, he, he knew damn well that if that phone rings, if that damn red phone on his desk rang and it was the old man on the other end, whatever he says, that's it. I now, need this guy. Well, there yeah. you go. And, and, and before, as much as, go ahead, I was going to say, as much as we say it's an uh, 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 inconsistency between the two brands, it's also it's a very inconsistency between the two leaders of the brand. And that's the overall problem, period, right there. Starts at the top. If they can't agree, you won't get any type of product that have success, regardless of how much money you make. Yeah, quarterbacks make. coming from different systems. So real quick. And, that, and that was the big story of this year. That was the big story of this year where that phone rang and he wouldn't call and ask about wrestlers no more. He was calling to say, you know what? The program's done the way you're running it. I'm yep. taking over. Jordan Jordan Gargano got better, yeah, block that number. Two yeah, like, three, J- right? like Two JTG three. says, you, don't pick up the phone. I tell you, yeah. Thursday night, Around that dining room table in Connecticut with that turkey, gonna be oh, a little interesting this year. Awkward. That's gonna when be that family awkward. gathers. Yeah, it's very different. Very different for them this year. Don't Before we segue into the news, I just want uh, one quick question and a statement about Tegan Knox. First, the question: Is Vince McMahon baseball? Is the way he looks at WWE like you were saying, Jamal? Is he MLB? Where he's so out of touch? What can market the game that he's still holding on like it's 1975? No, I think that's I think that's that's a different problem. Um, baseball has a different problem in where that, they can't reach the youth. And that well, I think the youth want something else that baseball mm-hmm. can never get them. If you want a ham sandwich and you go to McDonald's, you're going to leave hungry. <laughs> uh, you know that's they'll they'll give you other things, but if you want a Monte Cristo from McDonald's, that's a no. And if you see the instant glorification, the sports center highlights, the um, you know, leaving out of high school and, and whatever, the even with the team sport, it's still me first. Baseball doesn't work that way. You can have stars. Of course you can have stars. But baseball is a team game first. And there is no Michael Jordan of baseball. Because if he you, tried. <laughs> well, and again, failed miserably. Good yeah. for him. But the but, idea is, uh, you know, I think that that's a that's not an apples to apples comparison, because Vince McMahon controls his product and he right. can shift the product. Baseball is baseball, and even as a purist, you know, I don't like the fact that the DH is coming to the uh, National League. That's fucking stupid. I don't like the two minute shot clock that they have on pitchers. That's also stupid. It's the game. The game is designed to be as long as it takes. If we're there for six hours, then fucking hey, bring some bring some sandwiches. We're there I for love six that. hours. Obviously, uh, and but also marketing helps too because baseball games and football games are about as long on average. So when you book a football game, you know you're going to be there from one to four, but the game is 60 minutes. Fuck out of here. So the idea is, I think the WWE has an has an issue, not necessarily with reaching the youth and and whatever. It's just that the person with that's literally holds all the cards. Is still dealing with a deck that was made in 1970, whereas baseball would have to turn it into bringing wiffle ball bats and add like a golden four point you know home run ball or move the fences in again or, hmm. or whatever you know like you can't it's it's like remaking a story with a character that's so far outside of the story um, you know so imagine you know having a, a Bruce Lee movie being played by Scarlett Johansson. You can tell the story, but if you have Scarlett Johansson playing Bruce Lee, that ain't it. <laughs> you can't change it that much in order to make it remain its authenticity. With WWE, you can because it's literally whatever you want it to be. 
And if that means the hit row comes, if that means that we get Rick Bugenhauser, if that means that, you know, we get a Mojo Rawley, if that means that we get The Undertaker, how the hell do we have a, a an undead mortician that likes to play with clay flower pots and his half-dead bastard brother from the other side of hell? How come that shit is okay, but we can't have, you know, a guy like Kevin Owens? He's too fat. He's not tall enough. He's not muscular enough. I mean, like, it changes. And that's what wrestling's always done. It's always changed. And it's not a because it's not a real sport, per se, uh, it has to change with the audience that's watching it. And if that means that they need to put a show on Nickelodeon and slam some people, then the NFL did it. You think you're better than the NFL? Hosted by the Miz. Hosted by the Miz. Exactly. And my real quick about Tegan Knox, we were I was trying to think of her last really good feud aside from Dakota Kai. And I remember it was supposed to be Candace LeRae. And what happened? Candace got pregnant. So yeah. it goes back to, to her constantly being snake bit by something. Mm-hmm. Injuries, yeah. storylines. stars line, never aligned. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's a perfect segue. Uh, this is our Thanksgiving edition episode. Uh, so, folks, if you're watching us live, that's because we have recorded this on Wednesday. Instead of our typical Thursday, 8 p.m. Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday. Wednesday. Tuesday. We're God dropping this on Wednesday. Hey. That's Sorry. why I said Wednesday. Got you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I know, because I'm hosting. That's right. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, um, it is important that uh, you know, everybody, hopefully everyone spends this week around the loved ones, uh, or just in good spirits, whatever it may be, whatever your religion may be, whatever your nationality may be, hopefully you're spending this week around your loved ones. But we're gonna take this time to talk about the things we're thankful for. Uh, in terms of pro wrestling this year, and I will say that um, I am truly thankful that even with the releases, that everyone's figuring it out and everyone's staying in good spirits. Uh, a lot of fans are getting involved and they're pissed. Pitchforks, witch hunts, all of these things going on here, uh, which isn't productive. It's the idea that the folks who are effective are rallying around each other uh, understanding that there will be opportunities other places. Uh, and yesterday's price is not today's price. Uh, thank you, Fat thank Joe. You. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just good to see that if you're not going to be treated and utilized at one location like you should, that you realize mm-hmm. that and you're going to go out there and you're going to go get your next dollar. So, yeah, 90, 30 days, whatever it is, you're going to get an extra check or two in the mail. But it's time to get back to work. And I am thankful that everyone is seeing that. And we're not sitting in the pool of milk dwelling about what am I going to do next? Cause that's not how you handle these life changing <laughs> situations. Yeah. What's with the so, milk? <laughs> you never, <laughs> you never heard about the, you never heard the, 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 the term, uh, I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. Well, you said oh, pool exactly. of milk. Okay. I mean, yeah. like, who's out sitting yeah, in the kitty pool full of milk? milk. What? God, God damn. Milk, milk like eight dollars a gallon, like damn money bags. <laughs> Wasting all that milk. <laughs> Isn't milk up right now too? Milk everything. Yes, that's why I say it's eight dollars a gallon. <laughs> damn, we we living like Hawaii on the mainland. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Wasting all that milk. Put in my cereal. I'm gonna make this real quick. I'll make this real quick. I am thankful that we are back to regular shows that there is no more Thunderdome, that there is live crowds, even if they acting on their ass and they come and jumping over the rail and 
accosting wrestlers. I'm glad that there are regular shows again. The indies are back. Just about every company is back running shows, and there's only more getting added to the list. So like you were just talking about with people ending up in different places, the opportunities are there. Shows are back because Lord knows we had a good year and a half there of weird shows in front of TV screens. And I had enough of it. So at least (laughs) wrestling came back to looking how wrestling should look. I'm thankful. Yeah, whoever's in charge of ADR is also happy too. So don't have to pipe in noise. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yes. (laughs) One less duty. Go ahead, Sellers. So one thing I'm huge and and thankful for is uh, having a long-term reign that makes sense in wrestling. Mm. This is something goes back, you know, in the old times, in like 60s and 70s, where you had long-term reigns that is really brought back to this day. And even though I'm not the hugest Roman Reigns fan, this is something that has been long overdue to have a long-term reign that made sense over years. And he's coming up on two years being on, on the title now. And everything throughout this entire reign seems fresh. You don't want him to drop the title at all, but then that becomes whoever he does lose it to whenever that comes into the future. It's going to be an epic moment for that person winning a title. And that's making a title mean something of importance on a wrestling show and making a superstar of a wrestling program. So that's something I'm really appreciative and thankful for. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll go. Uh, I am personally thankful for the unexpected. Uh, who knew that coming off the year that never was in 2020, we would have so many surprises, so many twists and turns, uh, whether it was on screen or behind the scenes in wrestling. I watch AEW the most out of all of us, and I think that that was a damn good year for them. Um, there have been some ups, some downs. You know, we all remember what happened to Revolution. And then, you know, being able to go to the full gear to see, you know, the title change hands and, and live was uh, pretty damn good. They came from uh, the endless summer of shows in Jacksonville to end the show in, on a, in a high note, end of the year rather, in a high note in Jacksonville. Um, it, it's really, really good to see that happen. It's also interesting to see the shift in, mm, I guess the word I'm looking for, in status of WWE. The, the former end-all, be-all is definitely showing signs, some creaks in the armor, where we're not seeing the half, uh, uh, we're not seeing full crowds anymore. We're not, you know, tick shows, you know, maybe aren't being canceled, but they are looking very sparse. Um, I got an email today saying, hey, buy three tickets, get one free for your, for the upcoming uh, house show at the end of the year. And WWE is going to have to do a lot of soul searching, you know, not because of all the people that they cut, 80 so plus, and Lord knows if that number is going to keep growing, but they're going to have to do a, a, some soul searching to see, what their company is going to look like. And then on the non-WWE side of things, you have John Moxley going into rehab. You have Ring of Honor on the on the brink of, uh, you know, annihilation with Sinclair being $12 million and $12 billion in debt, something like that. I mean, they owe more than most countries make in a year. Um, you know, we don't know. And then also we saw uh, NWA put on a women's pay-per-view that was actually damn good. And somehow Nick Aldis still managed to show up there. It was... <laughs> Um, it, it's been a very interesting year, a year unlike any other, which makes me hopeful and scared and eagerly awaiting what 2022 will be because who the hell knows what's going to happen? 
you know, we have so many free agents. We have so many super indies that are kind of taking over. Internet wrestling is just as high. The gap between U.S. and, and Japanese audiences um, are happening. There's a huge scene in Southeast Asia that's coming up, and they're putting stuff on YouTube. Uh, you know, wrestling certainly is far from dead, if that was the question after 2020. But now looking into 2022, where do we go from here? And the, and I don't know if anybody has the answer to that. doesn't matter how much you make or who you like or whatever it is. Uh, one thing we do know, and that will always remain true, is you're a fan. Keep your fat ass in your seat. Don't jump <laughs> the railing ever in your life. It ain't worth it. But, yeah, can't wait. I mean, I don't know how to follow that up, but I'll say I'll, I'll be a little <laughs> bit more positive and just say what I'm thankful for in wrestling is the fact that I have been able, and on a personal note, I have been able to introduce people through my connections with Free Play Arcade, with Wrestling Wednesday. You know, we got that off the ground and making a whole show around wrestling at the arcade with title belts and title defenses and all that other stuff. To spearhead that into getting people who have never seen wrestling since 1987 thereabouts, or they're still pining for the attitude era to watch AEW, to watch new Japan, to watch GCW, to watch and big to old act- belt. Well, that too, because people do watch our show, but yeah. just, you know, just, just because <laughs> of wrestling, I have been able to introduce people to things they like. We always say there's something for everybody nowadays in professional wrestling as a fan. And I am, I have been able to see that. I know people who are obsessed with GCW. I know people who are now obsessed with AEW. And then they have WWE lifers. And even one person, Jamal, knows about Chocopo. Uh, what is it? Chocopo Wrestling that you talk Goddamn about? Goddamn right. On, at least one person I know talks about that and shows me clips every week on, on Facebook. So <laughs> there As is indeed should. something for everyone <laughs> in professional wrestling. And that is what I'm thankful for. That's awesome. That's awesome. Damn, it's so much shit. We should have did this last. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end the show. But we do have <laughs> notes to go over real quick. Uh, that way do. you all can uh, know about the other little tidbits and things that are going on this week that we uh, work on to dedicate a full topic to. So, Jamal? Yep, news. So, uh, we know the name of the guy that, was, uh, that jumped the rail and attacked Seth Rollins. I'm not going to mention his name because fuck that guy. But he is a a 24-year-old resident of Red Hook, Brooklyn, New York. Um, And as we discussed earlier in the show, run it back if you you didn't hear it. But uh, he's basically (laughs) the victim of a catfish uh, scheme that involves several um, occurrences to a fake Seth Rollins account online. Um, And this camaraderie lasted several months, if not into the year, uh, back in 2019, and which led, of course, to the events of tonight. Um, the interactions got really weird and, uh, you know, not, not, not in that way, but basically this dude is reporting that, um, Seth Rollins, um, caused his, the dude's girlfriend, uh, to get arrested for writing bad checks. Uh, you know, he, um, obviously, you know, went to the police and, and the dude was like, you know, Hey, I thought you loved me. I'm, I'm Seth Rollins guy. Um, yeah, it, it's a whole thing, and this guy was really deep into the weeds before he realized that um, people screaming at him that this is clearly a fake and you're a fool. But it's um, it's a whole it's it's a whole just fucking ball of wax. Um, Seth Rollins, the real one, 
Uh, he touched down in Los Angeles and TMZ caught up with him uh, this morning and basically said uh, he gave a statement to TMZ saying like, hey, and I quote, no, no serious injuries, nothing like that. I was safe. We were safe. Everything uh, was OK. Uh, he says it was terrifying. It happened very quickly. I mostly was just reacting and hoping that security would come do their job, which they did very quickly. So layoff security. Um, then it was just trying to detach and move on. Uh, hope that everybody is okay. Santa uh, Rollins again said, quote, once the tackle happened, I knew what was going on. The guy was barreling around the quarter. Um, and you can hear in the uh, in, in the fan audio, basically like, you know, you tried to blindside me, motherfucker, get up. Hmm. Uh, what Rollins said to the fans. It's, it's a harrowing experience, um, especially, you know, in the show, during the show, after a match, you know, that's that's just crazy. And the dude, you know, totally sucker punched him. Uh, TMZ says that the uh, NYPD did arrest the man last night. Of course they did. He was charged with two criminal charges, attempted assault, and attempted violation of arts and cultural affairs, uh, disrupting a live sporting event. Um, I looked in Kings County uh, because that's where Red Hook is, and I couldn't find a criminal record on the guy based on his name and age. Uh, and TMZ did confirm that the guy does not have a criminal record. So for the people that are wondering why this guy is out and walking the streets, because he was released on his own recognizance, as is usually the case if you don't have a criminal record already. Um, and I think the, the big thing about this to wrap this little bit up is the fact that um, he's 24. He's probably fucked himself for life. He's probably a, a big WWE fan and he'll never be able to go to a show again. And the whole thing is really uh, just a sad, sad spiral uh, into confusion. And if you want to hear his side of the story, you can search <laughs> for it. Because he posted a 36-minute-long Instagram video. And why do I get the feeling there's probably more to come? No, no. Now, I'm am, am interested from seeing uh, disjointed excerpts of uh, screenshots from this thing um, and some, uh, you know, alleged, some allegations that are being alleged. I think he does have a story to tell. And for those that are just writing him off as bad shit crazy, I get it. But I think you kind of need to hear him out first. It doesn't excuse his actions. And he is going to jail. Don't think he ain't uh, because WWE is going to send, you know, some of the corporate lawyers after him and bust his ass. But, um, you know, that it's just a really unfortunate situation that stemmed from another unfortunate situation. So he got fucked over twice. Uh, and that's that's damn shame. Speaking of super fans, WWE put, the, put out a movie about a super fan. Uh, the name is the super fan, the story of Vladimir. And it's about this guy, Vladimir Abuzidi. And he is one of the most recognizable fans in WWE history. Apparently uh, this documentary was made about what it takes to be a WWE super fan. And I don't think this has anything to do with the events of last night. Um, but it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've seen the, the Toronto Raptors super fan, you know, that guy was, um, you know, pissing $50 bills in Canadian. So Yeah. It takes a lot of money to sit courtside for 20 years straight. But this guy's never missed a WrestleMania, you know, huge WWE you know, super fan and that, all of that. Um, and the documentary was being made. Apparently, it's finished and cut and edited, but it hasn't been released. And there really isn't any word on why. I think it's interesting, yeah. of course. What? Well, well. It, it, it's been really annoying because that and also they made a documentary on uh, Lex Luger on the Lex Express tour in 93. And they were hyping all this stuff when Peacock came mm. around this summer and mm -hmm. they've never aired them. 
Right. But they were totally promoting them for a good month or two. And both of those, I was really excited to see. And all of a sudden, it's just, it's like they evaporated. And yes. there's been no explanation. So they're, yeah, they're on the shelf uh, somewhere. No rhyme or reason why, but they are uh, just gone into the ether. Um, Stephanie McMahon. Uh, inventor of women's wrestling back in 2006. Uh, she uh, she and Triple H have three daughters. They are 15, 13, and 11. And her oldest daughter said when she was just eight years old, quote, Mama, I want, don't want your job. Daddy, I don't want your job. I want Pop's job, Pop being Vince McMahon. So just like her grandfather, quote, Stephanie McMahon, she wants to be the boss and we'll see what happens. But my oldest daughter, with my, what happens with my oldest daughter, who has already started training in the ring? So... Obviously, Stephanie, one of the uh, the pioneers of women's wrestling, and Triple H, you know, one of the best wrestlers in WWE, modern, modern WWE history, it'd be interesting to see how far she goes. Um, so good on you, kid. You, you definitely have um, a bit of a leg up. Stephanie's daughter versus negative one in 15 years. Go book it. Book it. I think... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Uh, AEW uh, president Tony Khan, he says, quote, anyone who signs a contract in WWE these days is not signing the real contract, in my opinion. He said this on Busted Over Radio last week. Uh, it's temporary arrangement. People who come to wrestle with me, a lot of people, a lot of these people are frankly lifers and they know that. There are some people who are here and really work hard. There are some people who come in and work more than really hard. And I think that's an interesting statement to say, especially after uh, the WWE round of releases and the summer that they've had of releases. It's interesting to say that he's uh, suspected that a lot of his uh, staff are lifers. But with all of the rounds of free agency, personally, I think the AEW is uh, nearing full. It'll be interesting to see how he goes about just releasing people. Will he continue to do it quietly in the sense that, no, they just don't work anymore. The contract is up and we parted ways and that was it. Or will it be more of a public sports-based thing where it's like, you know, uh, we're not going to renew the contract to this person. We didn't need to tell you that, but here it is. Um, it's going to be interesting. Or, you know, maybe even quieter than that where they just go, this person's deleted from the roster page. That's what it is. Um, that would be the case in every other job in America. I don't see why this should be any different, but it, it obviously with WWE setting the precedent for how to fire people – it will be interesting to see what Tony Khan does when releases actually do happen. And I think that they will happen next year because they can't re-sign everybody. They don't really need to. There's more than enough free agents for them to, uh, you know, to do what they need to do. Uh, speaking of free agent market, Ring of, not Ring of Honor, because Lord knows they don't have a free agent market. Uh, MOW have basically said that, you know, they're going to, kind of do the same thing that Khan is doing with this whole forbidden door deal. Um, whether they fight one night or 10 years in M MLW, the open door policy showcase will give exposure to a wide variety of talent and create the best part cards for the fans while creating opportunities. And this is according to Cesar Duran. Um, and I think that's interesting. And, and it's kind of what ring of honor really should do, you know, sign five people, you know, six people, three women, three men, you know, sign your champions basically. And book the rest around an open door policy. And I think that that's like an easy way to get off the ground. And for MOW, uh, you know, doing that is really, uh, yeah, it's good business. So we could see some interesting matchups in MOW sooner than later. 
Uh, Chavo, don't mm. know why he decided to hit the send button on this tweet. Remember when the wrestlers were tougher than the fans? Ah, the good old days. Saying this in response to Rollins being jumped by a fan. Uh, Chavo, sit your ass down. <laughs> that, 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 that's all. Our um, truth love that guy. He uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Give him his flowers now. But uh, Ron, the truth uh, compares uh, the WWE superstars to the top of the NBA, and he says Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and uh, LeBron as your top three NBA. That's debated. But uh, who would though? Who would those three be? In WWE. And he said that The Rock is the Michael Jordan of WWE. Roman Reigns would be Kobe. And Randy Orton would be the LeBron of WWE. Hmm. Huh. I'm not mad at that. Not if either. you agree with his metric that those are the, the top NBA guys. You've also probably have only been watching you know basketball since eh, 1998. But that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> However, however, um, I think that that's an interesting statement, and I really can't argue against it based on his metric. Uh, but yeah, uh, good, good on you, Truth. You got you got us thinking. Um, Samurai Del Sol. He was on AEW Dynamite uh, a little while ago. You may remember him as Kalisto in WWE. Now you remember him as Kenny Romega's replacement in the AAA Championship match that's going to happen. And Triple Mania Regia down in Monterrey, Mexico. I hate the rolling R thing. I don't care. Sue me. But it's going to be uh, December 4th in Palacio Sultan in Monterrey. Uh, Samurai del Sol, formerly known as Calisto, versus uh, Vikingo um, in Triple A. Interesting matchup. And that's, of course, happening because Kitty Omega needs all the surgeries, all the time off. Um, and he's going to take that. I believe that he is. Um, relinquishing the AAA Mega Championship yes, yes. Um, if he hasn't already. So I don't know if this match between Samurai and Vikingo is going to be for the belt. I don't see why it wouldn't, but uh, either way, that's going to happen in, in in place of the Omega versus Vikingo match. So uh, if you speak Spanish, um, Samurai Del Sol cut a pretty interesting promo um, on on that match on Triple A's Twitter account, so that was actually pretty good. Uh, one last story before I get to a little uh, some little tidbits is that a story that I thought had me checking the calendar. Uh, Scotty Duhati asked for his release from WWE <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, that's crazy. not a joke. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's not a joke. Uh, and he says on, in a post on Twitter today, I have lost. I have asked for my release from WWE. 30 years ago, I stepped to the ring for the first time, and I've lived my dreams 100 times over. Some of my most special moments will be from the last five years working with NXT. The black and gold brand was something that's special, and I am always to been as proud to have been a small part of that. I've always promised myself that I would be, never be part of something solely for the paycheck, and that was where I was at. I told myself that I would walk away if I ever got to that point, so this is what I've chosen to do. Coaching and producing the stars of NXT will always be a highlight of my life. I love you all more than you ever will know. I think that is telling because he went from working to collecting a paycheck. And this is obviously months because NXT 2.0 debuted in September. And here mm -hmm. we are two months after their debut 
and he went from actively engaged to collecting a paycheck and he walked away from it. What does that mean for NXT? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, if that is what it is, then it's interesting to see where NXT goes you know, from here if this new synergy with WWE as they are in part of their the brand now officially as the third wheel actually works out for them. Um, NXT built themselves on being a brand, an alternative. They are not an alternative anymore. They are a WWE.